You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. Let's look at, at God's Word, Psalm 96, then, and uh, we'll read the, uh, the entire psalm here. This is really what we've been doing, isn't it? Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For He comes. For He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in His faithfulness. Let's pray again. Father, what a blessing to be with Your people once again to be together in prayer, in song, in Your Word. And Lord, what a blessing it is to freely gather today. And maybe in the light of this week, we're not sure. We, we don't know how many days we get to do this. But we get to today, and we're here, and we're thankful. And we need this, and we need You, and we need one another. We thank you for the blessing of one another in this place. And I pray that our time thinking about our church, what we are about, what is our mission, would be helpful to us. Lord, these wouldn't just be things written down in a document or thought up by men, but this would be uh, the heart of who we are as a church and would define who we are. And we just pray your blessing as we think and be refreshed on these things. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've ever flown an airplane, and I used to teach flying, I still hold an instructor so I can instruct you, right? And I haven't been in an airplane for years. But when you're flying in an airplane, there's a little more to it than just pointing it towards a destination and pointing the nose in the right way and going there. There's a little more to it. There's obviously starting the engine, all that sort of thing. But once once you get in the air, it's different than a car. A car, you could probably point in a straight line and it would stay on the ground and go there. But as you go on a straight line in an airplane, the wind starts doing this number to you because the winds come from a different place. And you begin to, if you don't correct for it, drift from it. There's a drift. And so in flying, 
if you have a small wind, you put in a little bit of a correction, so you almost kind of fly sideways a bit. Bigger wind, bigger correction, and you fly, but you stay in that straight line towards the destination. You don't drift. There's a wind drift that can occur in each of us, either personally or even as a church, and so we need correction, direction. A reminder, if you will, is what is our mission? Where are we going lest we kind of begin to get off course and instead of ending up in Rochester, we're off in Fargo somewhere. And so how do we not get off course? And it seemed like a good start to the new year. I know we're 10 days in, but first sermon back here. It seemed like a good time to just refresh us before we get into Judges. Refresh us. What is our mission as a church? What what are we about? Kind of like, not to bring up the Packers, like Lombardi, right? He said, this is the football. Remember, men, this is a football. That's how he'd start some things. So, and I think it's timely, isn't it? As the news unfolds even around us and we face, again, uncertain days, it's good to come back and remember what's, what's the mission of the church so that the winds of the culture or the winds of the world not drift us off course. And so with the Bible as our true guide, our true compass here, we want to think on that mission of the church. But to truly understand that mission, what's our mission, we must understand God's primary mission, God's primary purpose. His purpose in all things. James Hamilton Jr. writes, understanding God's ultimate purpose even with our limited human capacities, gives us insight into the meaning of all things. He goes on to say, this knowledge will organize our relationships and priorities, and it is desperately needed in our time. So what is God's ultimate purpose? What's His ultimate purpose? A couple of scriptures, Psalm 19, talks about the heavens declaring the glory of God. Isaiah 6.3 declares the whole earth is full of His glory. Revelation 19.1 declares salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Romans 11.36 summarizes, For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. God's ultimate purpose is God's own glory in everything. That's His purpose. His glory. His exaltation. And God is also glorified in those He calls to Himself His church. Isaiah 43.7 says, of everyone called by His name, says, whom, says God, whom I created for My glory, whom I formed and made. God calls us, calls, calls us to His own glory. And so Peter exhorts the church to love, to show hospitality, to use their gifts. And he says this, in order that, what's the church? Love, hospitality, gifts. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And so Peter says, to Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So though mankind has strayed, we have indeed, we've fallen, Romans 3.23, we've fallen short of that glory, nonetheless, God's glory remains God's ultimate purpose. Jonathan Edwards says it like this. He says, All that is ever spoken of in the Scripture 
as an ultimate end of God's works. Like, where did God's works, where do they all end at? What is the ultimate? He says that an ultimate end of God's work is included in that one phrase, the glory of God, which is the name by which the ultimate end of God's works is most commonly called in Scripture. And so as a church, as a gathered body of believers in Jesus Christ, we join together not for our own glory or for the world to say, look what a, what a nice group of individuals they are. They're just nice people. Or they do nice things. Our ultimate purpose comes in line with God's ultimate purpose. His glory. To exalt Him above all. To glorify God. Our statement of faith works this out and I happen to just place that in your bulletin if you've got that you, you've got it in front of you it's a brief portion of what we believe as a church and, and if you want the whole copy and haven't seen that or desire that let me know we have those available but I'm just I'm working off of the one place in the statement of space that talks about the mission of the church and says the mission of the church is threefold and so that one Mission. There's three bullet points really to this. You can see it if you have a bulletin or you can write these down if you're taking notes. But that first one is God's glory. It is exalting the Lord. Here's how the mission statement or our statement of faith puts it. It is the primary mission of the church to bring glory to God consistent with His ultimate purpose for all of the created order. The corporate gathering, that's corporate, not like kids, if you think of like corporations, like McDonald's Corporation. We're saying corporate, the gathered body, the us together. The corporate gathering of the church is primarily and ultimately the exaltation of God in worship, prayer, and the preaching of His Word. Just a few thoughts on those that delineation there, worship, prayer, preaching of the Word. We exalt the Lord in worship worship part of that worship that's not everything but part of it is song we just sang together and it was wonderful and psalm 96 where we read from talks about this talks about singing to the lord as we ascribe glory to him paul in his letter to the ephesians he says it this way he says to address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing making melody to the Lord with your heart. Address one another with psalm, song, and making melody. So there's, both, there's a vertical component to our worship in song. Let's call it that way. There's vertical. Lord, we ascribe glory to You. We glorify God. He will hold me fast. You're the King of my heart. Your Word is, is the lamp to my feet. That idea. But we also join together in song as we spur on hearts together we spur on one another i thought of uh how to maybe get an idea of us maybe you saw on Facebook. our family did for thanksgiving morning uh we did like our first uh, well no second i guess as a first as a, our own family a, a turkey trot of sorts we went down near uh mcintyre somewhere there's a trail down there and we and we went on a run and I was, I'm not in terribly great shape for that. So I, I did it, and we, we did the run. I think it was a 5K, and we made it. 
And I was coming back and pretty tired, and my two boys handily beat me back, you know, to where we had, we had come from. But it was the, the, the wonderful part. They came and they met me on the way back when I had, I don't know, how, how much longer to go. Harrison and George came and met me along the way, right? And you're, you know, if you're, you're tired, okay, we'll get to the end and whatever. They came, Dad, come on. And they ran with me to the end. And it's like, I'm spurred on and I can do this. And then they went back and they met Hannah and they met others coming. And it was like this, this encouragement. That's the idea, I think, of us spurring one another on. But even in, in our song, when we come to this place, and we've talked about this before, when we don't feel much like singing and, and there are some hard things going on and we hear the people behind us in that seat and it's someone up here and they're singing, you hold me fast. And even if we can't sing, we're, we're encouraged because the body is singing these songs. So I just want to encourage you, if you have a voice, if you don't have a voice, is be part of that spurring us on. We do it in other ways. It's not just song, but that's one way, and it's a precious gift. But worship is more than singing songs, isn't it? It, it is that. But there's other ways we worship. One is, uh, another way is, is, as it's listed there, prayer. We exalt the Lord in dependent prayer. Jesus says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. He's speaking in the temple there, but we, the church, now the dwelling place of God, we are to be a place of prayer. And if you've been reading through the two-year Bible plan, short commercial, plug that. If you need a place to read, find one of those pink sheets and begin to read through the Scriptures for yourself daily if you can. Read through there. And if you did, you came across Matthew 6 where Jesus explains how to pray. It's called the Lord's Prayer. It goes like this. It says, Our Father... In heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <coughs> Excuse me. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. John MacArthur, in a sermon on Matthew 6, he has said this about prayer. He says, the centrality of prayer then is worship. The centrality of prayer is worship. We go to a loving Father, our Father who art in heaven, but that means, MacArthur says, we accept that He knows best and in obedience respond to Him. And in our prayers, the first thing to be concerned about is His glory. Which means when we pray, we worship. Hallowed be Your name. We worship the Lord. And then we're dependent, not on our own strength or our vision or our creativity, but wholly dependent on the Lord. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. So prayer, prayer glorifies God. It worships God by, by acknowledging His name when we pray. We say we, and then we also say we need You. We're dependent on, on You. I remain convinced one of the most important uh, program or outreach out of any of programs or outreach, whatever we do, prayer is one of our greatest ministries of this church. Prayer. 
to the world and maybe to us, if we're honest, we go, well, that is, not, is it all that flashy or is it bring in the multitude, whatever. It's, it's prayer. It's worshiping. Lord, we've got nowhere to go but you. And then it's dependent on the Lord saying we need you. If you are not already praying for our church, praying for one another, can I just encourage you in this new year to do that? Pray for one another. And if so led, join us to pray together, to fellowship together on, on a Wednesday at 6.30. And join us. We've just been reading through the Psalms and then trying to pray. We want to make prayer meeting about prayer. So we want to pray. And maybe you can't make the meeting, but you say, man, I would love to have that group pray for me about this thing. Man, email me. Call me. Let, let us know about that. So we exalt the Lord by, by praying. And then lastly, we... For exalting the Lord, we, we exalt Him by hearing His Word through what we're doing now, through preaching. Preaching. Preaching is not just a self-help, just a motivational talk. Here's some positive thoughts for your week. We want to, it's more than that. We want to come and listen to God's Word and worship. To say with the psalmist what he says in Psalm 119, he says, Lord God, Teach me the way of your statutes. Give me life according to your word. I find delight in your commandments. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Or 2 Timothy 3, very familiar to many of us. All Scripture is, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then interestingly, just maybe a verse or two after Paul says this to Timothy about the value of Scripture, he says to Timothy, preach the Word. To preach the Word. The truth is, my words, Brandon, Dave, Mills, as we get up here, our words, they're not inspired. God's are. God's are. And yet God uses preachers as inadequate as we are. He uses them to communicate His truths to His people. And so I want to encourage you as you are in a listening to a sermon to lean forward in worship as you hear the Word of God taught. To lean forward to that. When you listen, when you listen to the message, you're glorifying God no matter how boring any of us all are. Right? You, it's an act of worship to listen. That, that doesn't leave me off the hook, right? Well, you better listen, so I don't have to craft this. I have my own responsibilities, huge ones, according to the Lord. But I want to encourage you to listen. And then examine the Word. Glorify God by examining the Word yourself. And I know we're kind of different places today, but as we look through the Scriptures, examine it. Honor His Word. Even above my words, when you think on, when you meditate along with me through a passage or even afterwards, later that day or that week, you glorify God meditating on, on Him. So number one, ultimately, our mission as a church is to exalt God. Primarily, together as a church, we gather. We gather to worship, to pray, to preach the Word. You, you might say that's in a sense, it's our vertical mission, exalting the Lord. And these aren't all separate vertically, but mission number two is more internal for us to be built up to glorify the Lord. That's the building up of the body. That's the second mission, to build up 
the body. Our statement of faith says it this way. It says the saints are edified and built up through the means of grace by the instruction of the Word, biblical fellowship, and by the corporate observance of the ordinances. Would you turn to Ephesians 4? Find your way to Ephesians 4. uh, Verse 11. Ephesians 4, verse 11. I'll read through, through 16. Paul, in this letter to the Ephesians, he's already reviewed, he's reviewed the grace of God's salvation to those who were once dead in sin. Now they're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And by the end of chapter 2, he calls all those in Christ, he calls the members of the household of God being built, later on saying, being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And then we fast forward here to Ephesians 4, 11. We'll start there where Paul says this. He says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried it about by every wind, (laughs) every wind of doctrine, interesting, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Today our purpose is not to go in-depth on these passages, but as we look at Ephesians 4, just a couple points can be made as we think about our mission. The grand purpose of the apostles and prophets, I think I'd, I'd put them in the what we have now through the Word of God, and then that of the evangelists, shepherds, pastors, teachers is found in verse 12 what's that grand purpose verse 12 to equip the saints to equip the saints the word equip it's got the idea of preparation of training or or like discipline and what's the equipping towards what's the purpose of the of this equipping them and the second part of verse 12 answers that for the work of ministry to equip the saints for the work of ministry the building up of the body of christ so pastors shepherds teachers they equip saints minister in this sense then the pastor is not the minister you are that's that's you you're the minister and i think it's so key and vital to our church that we not be built around one one man or a group of elders or somebody, let alone we're all fallen men in that, but we built we minister to one another. We're here, elders, pastor to sh- shepherd, hey, watch out for this, be disciplined here, here's teaching, that idea, but we're equipping you for the ministry. 
And so the ministry is to build up one another into the head. That, that's your ministry and, and your ministry. And, and that's your ministry. It's, it's yours to be equipped to do that. Our statement of faith sees various means. It calls it these means of grace as the way we are built up. So we'll get a little more maybe detail around this. The idea of means of grace, it's, it's a theological term. means means essentially God uses various ways or means to communicate His grace to us. I can see there, there's individual means of grace. As we pray individually, we read the Word or fast or memorize the Word. These are means of God's grace to build us up in Him. There's also corporate, together, means of grace. They're described uh, three ways here in our statement of faith. One is the instruction of the Word, that we're built up through the Word. Again, we're not built up through just some self-help, some, some good books that come along. It's the Word. The Word is our foundation, our bedrock foundation. And we are also built up through biblical, Word-based fellowship. Biblical fellowship. You might call this the personal instruction of the Word to one another. I think that's more of a one-to-one ministry to share the Word with one another. Perhaps it was we're in a conversation, we sharpen one another with the Word, which means we need to know the Word, right? There's another value of knowing the Word that we can sharpen, we can build up the body. We can be equipped to minister. Or we pray for one another. We come around one another. And then also the means of grace through the ordinances, these practices, commands we see in Scripture that we observe together. One of them being public baptism in the bulletin. Um, there's some interest in, in um, baptism, and I'm just shouting out to anybody else that's interested, let me know. So soon we'll maybe be gathering to, to do another class on that if that's something you're interested in. It's the public profession of our faith, but we also, in a minute, will observe the Lord's Supper, communion together. It's a means of God's grace to us. Does it impart justification? No, it's a symbol. It's a reminder. And, and God is gracious through a, through a small meal, gracious to us, again, as a body of believers. It's His means of grace. Now, uh, theologian Wayden Grudem lists out additional means like prayer, I guess we've mentioned that, church discipline, other means of grace, giving, spiritual gifts, evangelism. He goes on to say this, though, and I quote him, and I hope you'll see why I do. He says, We must realize that all these means of grace, if God's communicating His grace to us, all these means of grace occur, he's going to answer, where? They occur within the fellowship of the church. Those who neglect the fellowship of the church willfully cut themselves off from all of these means of grace and thereby cut themselves off from most of the ordinary means that the Holy Spirit uses to bring blessing to His people. These means of grace ought to give us great appreciation for the amazing privilege of being members of the body of Christ, the church. I think Dave alluded to this in his sermon of that, that being together again. Those times in late March, April, May where we did not meet 
That's not to be the norm at all. And there's a reason because we build one another up. And to do that, we need to be together. It's the value of the fellowship here. So vertically, we exalt the Lord. Internally, build up one another. Lastly, I'll be short, is our mission as a church is more external. Out the doors, out the doors. What's that mission look like? It's evangelizing the lost. Our statement says this, Jesus Christ has given the church an enduring commission to evangelize the lost. With this responsibility extending to every believer, biblical evangelism must involve both the spoken word, what we say, and the unspoken testimony of a life transformed by the grace of God in Christ. Essentially, we go forth out of here to proclaim and declare the glory of God in Christ to the nations. It's the verse standing right above all our missionary uh, as you come in the front entrance here. What we read, Psalm 96.3, it's calling us to declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. It's not only the work of those missionaries on that board, that's we support them, it's the work of each one of us to declare that glory. To go forth, and as Jesus commanded His disciples in Matthew 28, to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I want you to turn to one last place, Matthew chapter 9. Again, I love how when we, we just read through the Bible, this was a reading... Uh, I guess it would have been yesterday. Matthew 9, verse 35. And I think it's fitting even on our day and with the week's week. (laughs) Matthew 9, look at verse 35. You find Matthew 9, 35? Um, Already in this chapter, Jesus has talked about He came to... to, uh, came not to call the righteous, but sinners. That's in this chapter. And then in this chapter, Matthew records, he records a, a woman uh, healed just by touching Jesus. He records a ruler's daughter being brought back to life. He records two blind men given sight. He records a mute, demon-oppressed man being healed by Jesus. He gives, Jesus gives him back his speech. And then we get to verse 35. And it says this in Matthew 9, 35, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You think there's going to be many people today harassed or helpless or feeling like we're sheep, we have no shepherd. That we would have compassion. It goes on. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus had compassion on the crowds They were harassed, helpless, and the call is to pray. Pray for laborers to go out into that harvest. 
may we again have this compassion for a population around us in need. May we labor for the joy, for the glory of our Lord and Savior, both as we speak and proclaim the good news and as we live it out in our lives, spoken and unspoken. So the mission of the church, exalting the Lord, building up the body, evangelizing the lost. Worship, building up, going out. Question for you, are you part of that mission? Well, you're already here, so you're in. Okay? Are you part of that mission? The beauty of this mission, it requires no seminary degree. You don't have to go to seminary to be part of the church's mission. You don't even have to know Greek or Hebrew. It's wonderful. You need to know Jesus and His Word. And then, follow Him. Exalt Him. Gather together and go out. Be willing to be used of the Lord as His instrument in the people and circumstances He is already placing right around your very feet. Let's pray pray together. Father, I realize even as I complete this list, maybe for some, it can feel like, boy, what a, what a list. I, I'm not close to, to doing all those things on the mission. Lord, may we never stray, uh, drift very far from the glory of of you in Christ Jesus. As we grow in you, as we love you, Lord Jesus, you will grow us to build up one another. You will equip us as we're taught from your word, as we meditate on it. It will be a lamp unto us, a guide to our feet. And we thank you for it. And we pray that we as a church in 2021 would be a church that exists for the glory of you alone. May none of us, including the pastor speaking up here, long for glory. We're so prone to do it. Lord, may you increase in this church and may we as your people decrease as we just point and point and point to you. It's beyond our strength. We need you for this. Thank you for the task ahead and the strength you give to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.